Welcome to the Made for Monday podcast, the place where we talk to men and women just like you who are finding ways to live out their faith and make an impact in the workplace. Our guest today is a restaurant entrepreneur who has created incredible environments for connecting with family and friends. Not only is the food they serve top-notch, his staff reflects his priority on relationships and customer experience. Welcome to the show, Joey Lucidi. Joey, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Reggie. Thanks for having me. Hey, so tell us a little about Westside Concepts, the ownership group that you have for the restaurants that you own. So we we started the the concept West on Westside Concepts uh, a couple of years ago when we started expanding into different concepts and such. Uh, our first restaurant was Haymaker uh, back in 2013, and uh, we just wanted to create a parent company so that as we grew. When we opened a new concept that maybe people weren't familiar with, they would associate it with what we do at other concepts. That's great. So you started with Haymaker. And what kind of food does Haymaker specialize in? Uh, Haymaker's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, seven days a week, pure comfort food. Comfort food. Love it. And then what are some of the other uh, things that you've been able to do off of that? Um, well, we, we, we were able to build out three Haymakers. Um, and then we opened a new concept called the Social on 83rd uh, back last December of 2000. Eight, 18. Now that's a converted firehouse, isn't it? No, no, no. That's a different location. So my brother owns a distillery that down in Old Town Peoria that is an old firehouse, the original firehouse of Peoria. Um, and I help him out and, uh, you know, we, we work together, but that is 100% his. Oh, okay. So the yeah. Social on 83rd. Yeah, Social on 83rd. We, we took over a restaurant that had been failing. A lot of other concepts have been there and just gutted the place, built a huge patio, and tried to create something in the West Valley that we don't really have. Just, I'm hesitant to say upscale, but the, the feel is upscale. The pricing's not. That's great. Yeah. And then you have a new concept that's coming to Vistancia? Yep. Uh, so we're opening a little coffee shop called NW Coffee, Northwest Coffee, um, and that should be opening the, the end of quarter one of 2020. Yeah. And all of your restaurants, they all have this like social element to it, don't they? Like you want people to feel connected and like this is a place you want to hang out and be at. Yeah, especially when we started Haymaker, we wanted that family environment where people were comfortable and they came and and uh, th- there was never um, uh, a feeling of if they're going to have a good time. It just was natural. Uh, and then we took that to the next level when we created the social and we found that no matter what restaurant we went to, people were staring at phones and and not engaging in each other. Um, we can't stop that. We, we can't say no phones at the door or anything right. like that. Um, but what we can do is try to create an environment that allows people to be more social. So we took out almost all the TVs. Um, there's a couple at the bar. We created a big patio with large games, you know, giant Jenga, giant Connect Four, Cornhole, and gave people an environment that, kind of forced them to talk to each other and hang out. Even the menu was created around a lot of shareable dishes, not so many individual plates, but lots of appetizers. That's incredible. And people are so hungry for relationships uh, that for you to be able to think through that and cre- try to create intentional environment for that, that's huge. Yeah. Now, uh, restaurants, is this something that uh, you started or is this like something that's that you've been involved in for a while with your family? Yeah, my... My parents owned restaurants before I was even born. Uh, back in Michigan, we had a, they had a few restaurants, and then uh, we moved out to California when I was about three years old. And uh, as far as I can remember, I was in a kitchen uh, running around doing my homework at the bar. I remember when we were little. Uh, I do remember this actually. My parents had a pack and play in the office, and my sister and I, which were the youngest, we we would be in the pack and play while they worked because 
that's that's what they did. That was our that was our life. Wow, um, pretty awesome actually. Uh, so over the years, they had multiple restaurants and um, been successful at every one. Uh, by the time I was eighteen, I was running their restaurant. Thought um, I could do this, and then uh, got involved with golf and got pretty good at it. And thought I. My my uh, ambition turned to turning pro in golf, and oh, so yeah. I turned down the restaurant business. Uh, and then a car accident in college turned me back to the restaurant business because golf wasn't hmm. wasn't in the cards anymore. Yeah, so man, you wanted to pursue golf. Sounds like uh, God had other plans. God had for other you. plans. Yes. So uh, when did you? Open your first Haymaker restaurant. That was your first restaurant, right? Yeah. So I got back in the restaurants after college. Um, you know, you fall back on what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, did some large companies that I got to work with and grow and get some really good experience from the corporate world versus what I learned from mom and pop from my parents. Um, and then uh, after owning a, a separate business outside the restaurant business, I sold that in 12. Uh, you know, really talked with my wife and said, I just want to get back in the, the restaurant business. So... She was all for it, and we opened up our first one uh, October of 2013, the first Haymaker in Peoria. Now, talk us, tell us about that. Like, as an entrepreneur, you've been now working for other restaurants. You've been working for your family's restaurants. You you know the business, and yep. But it's different when you become the owner. It, it sure. You is. know, there's people listening right now that they're maybe working in a company and they're thinking someday I'd love to own my own company. But walk us through what was that like the first you know, few months, the first year that you were open, like what was that journey like for you? Before before I get into that, I will say anybody that's listening that is looking to do their own business. Um, first of all, I commend you because it's the hardest and the best thing you'll ever do in life. But you have to have a passion for what you're doing. Um, if you're doing it to just make money, if you're doing it to just do something, you, you won't be as successful in my opinion. Um, I don't have a passion for cooking. I do love cooking, um, but that's not, I would never own a business to cook. I have a passion for entertaining. I love seeing people together, whether it's at my house or now my restaurants, bring friends, family over, um, and just watch them interact. Like that, that's my passion. So the restaurant business fit for what I love to do. So over the years, no matter how many hours I have to work, it didn't matter because I, I got to do what I love to do. And so that old cheesy line of uh, find what you work, what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. No, yeah. you're still going to work every day, but it is a lot more fun when you love what you do. And it sounds like you were really able to define your why behind it. it. Very, it it very wasn't much. just money. Um, yeah. It was really creating great experiences for people. And that's what yeah, drives learned, you and motivates I've you. I've learned from enough successful people that the money comes, every, everything comes if you do everything right. If you focus on that, it won't come or it won't come as quickly. Um, but anyways, we ended up opening up uh, the first restaurant. So I, you know, I, uh, I had saved up some money for my last business when I sold and... Uh, once I got my wife's approval, I started building out, and uh, that's a, a story all in itself, but built out the restaurant and, and got towards the end and, and was running out of money, to be honest with you. Um, I was, I'm, I'm a big fan of No Debt. Uh, been a Dave Ramsey guy for I don't know how many years. Um, and so I couldn't take on debt, and I knew I had to get this restaurant open, and I remember... I remember our soft opening night. It was October 9th, and uh, my wife was there with with my kids at a table. And I was in the kitchen pulling food. Computer system went down. Everything's going very poorly, very very poorly. And my wife or the servers come up to me and they're, "Hey, your wife wants to talk to you." And I said, "Yeah, I I just can't right now. I'm stuck in the kitchen." 
Well, after about the seventh time <laughs> of her asking a server to come get me, I said, fine. So I go out and I say, hey, you know, Tanya, what's, what's wrong? And she says, um, I don't know what to do. There's only $110 left in the bank account and I need to go grocery shopping tonight. Wow. And I remember saying, yeah, I know. Why do you think we're open? We're not ready. <laughs> yeah. I said, go in the fridge, grab whatever you want, go to your parents, we'll make it work. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's something that never will leave you, that feeling of, I have to do this and I have to do it well. But that was, boy, I've always been a Christian. I mean, since, since day I was born, <laughs> that's, the, that's the day you start leaning on God yeah. and start saying, I need your help and trusting that it would get through and that, that we, would, we would succeed. And, uh, you know, wow. lo and behold, he was with us. At what point then did you finally start to feel like you guys were going to make it? with this first restaurant? Like, like, when does that happen? Uh, a long time. Uh, it, it, it was probably two, two and a half years before I started sleeping through the night saying, I got this. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. And, and we had, what's crazy is that we opened a second restaurant a year, almost a year, just after a year after we opened the first. Really? And I still don't know if I really believed that we were going to make it. It was just an opportunity came up for an amazing building, an amazing location. And we still have that one today. That's our Goodyear Haymaker. Um, and that was a lot of prayers just saying, I don't, I don't know if this is the right thing to do, but if it's not, stop me. <laughs> and it, it happened. Yeah. So just that drive, that focus, that grind early on, that's an essential element of being an entrepreneur. Maybe a little bit of overconfidence. Maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe a dash a, of hubris to get yeah, you through. Maybe, um, uh, you know, work work ethics great, but ego um, ego can be a good thing. <laughs> maybe not all the time, but it'll it'll push you. That's good. Now, as the owner, you get to set some core values. You get yeah. to have it reflect the things that are important to you and your wife. Uh, talk about that a little bit. What are some things that maybe, let's start with the staff, some things that you try to instill in staff culture in your restaurants? The number one thing we talk about at all of our restaurants is we're, we're not just employers in the restaurant business. We're many, many, many people's first job. In fact, 80% of our staff were their first job. Yeah. And so we have to be parents as well as as employers. And so number one goal is that they need to leave our restaurant work better than how they came in, whether that's one month, two years, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so when you get an 18-year-old, that person, that kid better leave a better, not just employee, but a, a, but a better team member than how they came in. And, and so to do that, you know, we, we try to stick with our core values of, um, uh, of treating everybody with respect and understanding that we all come from different walks. And, you know, the restaurant business uh, has a lot of lost souls in it yeah. um, and a lot of rough characters. Um, talking Christian, Christianity is, is not always the easiest. Um, and so we've decided to, to, to walk the walk. And, and, and let people watch you and then ask questions. And at first I didn't know if that was going to work, but it does. It really does. People, people see you in a great marriage. They see you being a good dad or a good mom. Uh, they see you being a good boss. And then they start asking questions like, well, what's this guy do different than I'm doing? Or maybe they don't ask out loud, but they start, they start asking questions about your family life and this and that. And you realize that they do want something more. 
Yeah. And and so they then they start associating the things that you're doing with how they could change their life. And the number one thing we we always bring up is, well, we go to church. You want to come with us? You know, and some take advantage of it and some don't. Some go on their own. We we've probably brought about 40 plus to church. Wow. Um not saying they all go religiously. They're, they're not all baptized, but um, hey, they took the first step. That, that's yeah. the hardest one. And it sounds like it happened because they just saw real authentic faith in your life. I hope and, so. In your families. I, mean, I hope so, yeah. Yeah. I love that perspective of thinking about people's first jobs and the mentoring yeah. and the parenting. I know one of my first jobs was at a restaurant. It was an old steakhouse and the owner drank whiskey and smoked cigars in the back and was angry. He was divorced. He was you know, yeah. cursed like crazy. It was just like, it was just such a difficult environment to be in. Um, man, I would have loved to, I would have loved to work for you. Would have yeah. loved to have somebody that uh, could have not only been a, a boss, but also a, a mentor, a trainee, uh, that's something huge for us to think about with younger employees that we may employ. Absolutely. And it's hard enough with your first job. You yeah. don't know what you're doing. And, yeah. and, and and look, there's a there's a difference between kids today and how I was when I, my first job. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't all have the people skills. They don't all have the communication skills. Doesn't mean they're not great kids. So you, you take all that into play and then you give them a crappy boss. Yeah. It, it's, that's not gonna, not, that's not gonna set them up for success. Yeah. Now you've got multiple locations going on. You can't be at all those locations at no, the same time. I don't even try anymore, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about like what is some of the criteria that you're looking at for uh, your managers for your leadership team at those restaurants? Like how do you select the right people to be able to lead to reflect your values, your work ethic um, when you're not able to be there? We do a really good job of growing from within. I'll say that we try hard and, and we've done a pretty good job of growing people that have our values from the very beginning or they've learned our values or and we've you know promoted them up. Um, other than that, we look for loyalty. And it's not loyalty to me, it's loyalty to our company. We, we employ, right now we're at about 200 employees and by the, this time next year, we'll be about 300 and you have to have loyalty to them. You are supplying for their families and their kids. And so if you don't think about that with every decision you make, we're not going to bring them along with us mm-hmm. and we want to. And so I look for that in our leadership team to to be able to look at the lowest common denominator in our restaurant, the, the entry level person who's working 10 hours a week and say, am I making the best decision not only for me, but for them too? Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. So you're able to really share your faith, your values with your uh, employees, starting with that leadership team on down. Um, are there any ways that you've been able to uh, kind of reflect your your faith and your values to your customers? Anything that you would hope that the customers would notice in your restaurants that maybe would give them a little cue that like, hey, this is a, a Christian-owned restaurant? Yeah. Um, so when we opened our first Haymaker, uh, I, I remember telling my mom, uh, that I wanted to put the Lord's Prayer up on the wall. My mom's a strong Christian, great lady. I love my parents are the best. Um, and she, her first reaction was, are, are you sure? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, why? And she says, I, you know, that political correctness and all yeah. the stuff that follows. And I said, oh, I, I think you're missing the point. And she goes, well, what's the point? I said, well, the Lord's Prayer, yes, it shows everybody I'm a Christian, but that's not why I'm putting it up there. I said, when we were kids and even now with my kids, 
every meal we sit down, we say the Lord's Prayer. Um, that's just coming from an old Catholic family. You mm-hmm. say the same prayer every time. So when I hear that prayer, I automatically think of family dinner. Like we're going to all get together. Well, that's what I'm trying to create. So why not take my best memory and throw it on the wall? Now, it's great that it's Christian and it's the Lord's Prayer and, and everybody knows that I'm a Christian, but it wasn't my intent at the beginning. Um, but believe me, everybody knows we're a Christian yeah. restaurant. It's yeah. great. But that's another example. Again, we've heard that from other people on this podcast that it's the it's just the truth you live by. Yeah. It's the reality of your experiences um, that says a message that it's it's a Christian value, like just family and yep. being connected and sharing meals together and doing life together. Um, that's what God's called us to do. Yeah. And yeah, the Lord's prayer and re- remembering who Christ is, like that's it's the important. center. That's the important of yeah. it. But it's also just the value of family. It's the value of being connected that shows your Christian values and what you're doing. I think we talk about that with our staff a lot because everybody thinks being a Christian is so much harder than it really is. It's really not. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's living by his rules, which are rules to treat people well. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I, I, think, I think people overthink that prayer on the wall sometimes. You know, I don't make people say it when they come in. Uh, <laughs> if you want to eat dinner without saying that, go right ahead. Yeah. But if you see that, and it reminds you of, of good things, then I've done my job. I love that. Now, uh, let me kind of follow up with, with your mom's concern because that's a valid concern that a lot of people have that that could be a major turnoff. You could lose business. People are freaking out. Has anybody ever oh, made yeah. a big stink about it? And, oh, yeah. When, yeah? I, when we first opened, I got plenty of phone calls and oh, uh, they were okay. really short answers by myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm not very PC. Mm-hmm. So um, I believe in, and I'm allowed to believe what I believe and you're allowed to believe what you believe. And that's why we live in this amazing country. That's right. Um, but I'm not going to hide who I am just because you're not comfortable with it. Yeah. So you had a few upset customers. Yep. Well, I wouldn't but, call them customers. I don't think they ever came back. <laughs> so. But let me ask you, but did it tank the company? No, no. no I, I'll be honest. Um, I, 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 I give a lot of our success because of what we stand for and who we back in the community. We back our whole community, but we put our advertising and our marketing dollars into churches, kids, and military. And by doing that and staying true to that, I gotta believe that's one of the reasons why we've been successful. Yeah. Your values are building your customer loyalty. Yep. I know even just uh, for me, you know, personal story with that. Uh, Last year for the dad-daughter date night that CCV does in February, um, you guys did a uh, free dinner for the, for the girls. Yeah. And that was so cool. It, it, it was great. We went and I loved what you were doing for your staff there. I don't, I don't even know if you full, I mean, I'm sure you realize this, but we had such a great conversation, conversation with the waitress who I could tell just loved the idea that a dad would take his daughters out to dinner and treat them well. And our waitress was wonderful. Uh, she, you know, talked up the girls and, you know, oohed and odd over the dresses and all of that. But it was just so fun to be in that restaurant. Other people around us were asking why we were there yeah. and all dressed up. And, and uh, you could just see the impact it was having on the staff. And uh, once again, it, it was just saying, hey, these are values that are important to us. And we were really impressed by that. We thought that was a, Thank a you. cool experience. That's a great compliment. I appreciate it. Yeah. So let's take it home now. So you're working hard. You're managing a lot of things. Um, 
but you've got a pretty big family. You got three kids? Four. Four kids. Four. Four, four kiddos. Girls. Four, four girls. Four girls. Four beautiful little girls are the best thing in the world. Oh, awesome. So I go to that dance very often. Yeah. I go all three nights. <laughs> uh, yeah. Take the whole crew. Yeah. Um, how do you manage work-life balance in the midst? Of, I don't even know if balance is the right word. How do you stay connected with your family in, in the midst of uh, growing business? Uh, I, I listen to my wife. And we had, a, we had a good talk about two, two and a half years into it on how much I wanted to grow the company and, and expand because that's the way my brain works. And I remember seeing fear in my wife's eyes, like we're never going to see you. Mm. And I remember talking to her and just making a commitment that, look, as we grow, that's not going to necessarily mean you just put all the money in the bank. It means we're going to grow our staff and we're going to get better people and pay them better and get people who want to do some of my workload so that I can enjoy the family. And uh, I don't know if she believed me um, then, uh, but it's we're going on about four years of me being home for dinner almost every night. Wow. And in the restaurant business, um, that's not normal. No, that's not normal um, at all. But trusting employees, delegating, and then, you know, giving them a reason to want to do that. We have a great team that um, we, we spread out responsibilities. So not everybody's stuck there at night, you know, day shifts, night shifts. Quality of life is so important to us giving our staff that, that I've got to take that same lead and say, I need to too. Yeah. Or else, or, or else why have these things? Why, why do all this if I'm going to miss all my kids and my wife? You're the example, not the exception. Exactly. Yeah, that goes back to you living out your values, living out your faith in just a consistent way and then trying to yeah. encourage your staff to, to be able to do the same. Yeah, I mean, we have, we have single moms and we have family men and women and, and, and dads that if they're working five nights a week, that means they're missing their kids five nights. So we mm -hmm. kind of have a rule that no one really should be working more than three nights a week. Now we're lucky because we have breakfast. So that allows our managers to work during the day, mm -hmm. but it lets them have this quality of life with their kids that first of all, that's awesome. Second of all, as a businessman, they don't leave us. Yeah, I have low turnover because everybody's getting what they want, which is great smart. for both of us. That's smart. Yeah. Now, let's go back. You mentioned that you've been able to invite some people from work to CCV. You've been able to invite uh, employees. Yeah. Um, what does that conversation look like? Like, how do you, how do you even invite somebody to, to church? You know, a lot of times um, it's listening more than talking. Uh, mm -hmm. you're, you're listening to what their questions they're asking. And if you read between the lines, you can kind of learn what they really want. And um, they don't, not they're, they're not necessarily asking can you take me to church? They're asking for a, a, a road. They're yeah. asking for guidance. And so uh, I always just kind of say, well, you know, the, the, the main thing that separates, I think, happy people from unhappy people or successful people from unsuccessful people um, tends to be faith. Yeah. And so why don't we start there and try that out? Go go learn, go to church, feel get, get the feeling, and then... Start seeing for yourself how things change. Start making better decisions based on your faith. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, just listening to them when they talk. And, um, you know, we have a rule that uh, I, don't, I don't work Saturdays um, unless the place is burning down. My, mm -hmm. my staff rarely calls me on a Saturday because that's my family day. Mm -hmm. And um, if they do call me, you'd be surprised. The first thing they say is, I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. Just, <laughs> but they know that that's my church day. 
So I've made that a commitment. And so we have a rule with all of our other staff too that nobody should be working Saturday night and Sunday morning because mm-hmm. you got to have one of those days to go to church. And, and so, um, you know, if we do do that, we need to make sure we understand that we did it by accident and fix it ASAP. Um, so hopefully all those things, all those, not just the core values, but all the little things we do to try to give them the opportunity allows them to ask that question. I love that. Is there anything currently that God's really teaching you in this season of your life? You're, um, see, how many years into Haymaker now are uh, you? Six now. So six years, uh, you've got multiple projects going on. What's, what's God teaching you uh, right now in your life? Right now, he's teaching me um, stewardship. Um, he's teaching me how to uh, use my successes that he's blessed me with um, to, for a lack of a better word, share the wealth, whether that's with staff, uh, with our tithing. Um, you know, we, we talk about it at church a lot, how the, these successful people, these amazing people keep coming to our church. And the constant thing that I hear from them is they keep pushing themselves to give more, keep pushing their 30% of their salary, 40% of their salary, 50%. And, um, you know, Ashley talks about it, how that's so amazing. And so that's something that God's been talking to me a lot about, about how do I take my giving to the next level yeah. and use it better? And, and, and we see that, don't we? That, that as we become a conduit of his mm-hmm. blessings, of his resources, he continues to entrust to us more. Yeah. And uh, that continues to expand. Yeah, the first step was, I can do better with 90% of your money than 100% of my money. That was key. And um, I always knew it, but I don't know if I really believed it till I got older. Mm-hmm. That was key. And now it's, man, what could I do with 80% of your money? Uh, what could I do with 70%? And it's starting to go backwards and, <laughs> and it gets more fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, don't want to talk about things we get to do, but there, there are some things you get to do that uh, they, they, they give you reason for living. I love that. I love that. It's incredible how you had to start with so much faith with 110 left yeah. in your, your bank account, but trusting God, grinding through the early days. Mm-hmm. And now you're getting to say, all right, God, yeah. how, how generous can I be with this? Yeah, what can what we do? all can we do with this? Yeah. That's incredible. That's, that's a great motivation to stay in the game to keep going. If anybody's out there and you've got an upstart business and you're trying to figure out, all right, do I throw in the towel or do I keep going? Do I keep trusting God? Uh, man, the opportunities that I'm hearing from you to impact lives, to train up employees, to invest in the next generation, to be generous with the resources that God gives you, those are some huge motivations to keep pressing on when the work gets tough. Yeah, they are. And they're fun. That's great. Hey, what else? What other words of encouragement would you want to give somebody who's driving into work right now or they're you know, running on the treadmill, listening to this podcast? Uh, what word of encouragement would you give somebody? Um, it's never too late. Uh, Henry Ford started the Ford Motor Company at 42 years old. Things like that really inspire me. You know, I'm not an old guy, I'm 40. But um, <laughs> I, I meet a lot of people that... Uh, they feel like it's too late for that next step, for that big step. And uh, I just, I would ignore that. I would, I would push through and, and trust that if, if God's putting those thoughts in your head and God's giving you the tools to do those things, then do it yeah. and believe in it. Believe in him and, and let, him, let him take you to the next level. Wow. 
I love that. That's an inspiring way to end this. So, right. man, I love I love what Joey just shared. Uh, I love what you're sharing about um, just making your your faith uh, a regular part of your life, and that it's visible for people to be able to see. It's through your values. It's through your relationships. It's looking for the the bigger why. That it's not just serving food, but it's creating a, a social place, a place for connection. People are desperate for that face to face contact. Yeah. Man, those are the things that really make a business worthwhile. Not just making the money, but creating experiences for people and bringing that greater level of, of joy and happiness and love into people's lives. That's huge. Joey, thanks so much for joining us hey, today on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. And uh, for those of you that are listening, remember, God has good work prepared in advance for you to do. So until next time, remember that you were made for Monday. Monday.